Welcome back to the Meaningful Success Podcast. My name is Josiah Clark, and it is my great honor to introduce you the one, the only, the man with the plan, the guy on the fly, the one with them buns, my father, Wade. (laughs) Wade. Wade. I was going to say Melvin or something. (laughs) And then you realized I can't. I can't give someone else credit for all those accolades. Oh, yes. So we've been on a bit of a series recently talking about the creative process. And this week, we're going to take a little short break from that. We'll probably be back to it uh, maybe next week or so. But I wanted to take a bit of a detour this week to talk about some other stuff. But before we jump into our topic, Father. Yes. What is your win for this past week. What is your win on your success journey this week? Actually, Josiah, I have two wins this week. Two? Two. The first is pretty uh, um, pedestrian. I got the taxes done both for my family and the business, which was a load off the mind. I wouldn't call that pedestrian. I mean, it's something everybody has to do, but something that's unusual about it this year is it's the first time you've done taxes for an LLC. That is true. So that's a big thing to have to figure out, especially since we haven't, you know, we don't yet have like an accountant or that kind of stuff. Yes. Well, thank you Intuit for TurboTax (laughs) software and those types of things. Granted, I had to gather a lot of stuff to get prepared for it, but yeah, uh, yeah, that that helped a lot. Um, But my second one, is that I'm really excited because, as you know, we've been wanting to kind of build a course or a series of courses on sales yeah. to follow the Simplifying Complex Sales. We had our chance to meet and talk through how, how we're going to go about doing that. So we've kind of got our plan together now. And so I've got clarity on what my next steps need to be. And that's helpful because sometimes it's just kind of sitting out there and getting that clarity around those next steps was, was to me, a, a big win this week. Yeah, that's great. For me, this is actually a win that's two weeks old, but it is... I I won't call it expired. Well, I was going to say, to be fair, your win... I think it was the last episode was from two weeks before. So, you know, so it balances out. But yes. mine mine is a, is a thing that actually is going to be recurring every week, which is for a long, long time, I had been really wanting to find some sort of writing group to be part of, some sort of writing community to be part of, and finally found one about a month ago. And then it was like a process where they were getting geared up and everything. And it finally started meeting every week uh, last week. So I just did this afternoon, the second meetup for that. They're like an hour a week kind of thing. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And so that's been, that's been really encouraging and a really good thing to be part of because it's just something that, you know, I've wanted for a really long time. But when I tried to go find it, just couldn't find something that actually fit me. And so um, this isn't local. This is online. Yeah, People this is an online. Them. This is an online thing. But it's like a small group. There's like, you know, just a few handful of people that so you're able to kind of get to know people. And it's it's just been really good so far. I'm really glad I found it. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. So. Yes. This week, I wanted to talk about a bit of a follow-up, kind of. A little while ago, we had an episode about the hard truths or the uncomfortable truths about success and success journey, right? Yes. Should I be shaking in my boots now? No. Um, (laughs) uh, No, but... Have to tell me some hard truths? (laughs) No. (laughs) But the thing is, right now I'm in a process of trying to get my book published, getting Pinstripe published, and right. figuring out what goes into that 
And when I was talking about it with you, I was talking about that I was thinking about trying to crowdfund the publication process. And you said, oh, that'd be a great topic for our episode. Yeah. And so the reason that this is kind of a sequel to that previous episode about the hard, uncomfortable truths is that I am in a bit of a dilemma right now. I'm trying to figure out what route to go in getting my book published as far as, you know, am I doing what a lot of people do and just publish entirely exclusively through Amazon which for what I'm doing has some pretty severe downsides. Mm. Um, there's a lot of convenience factors and things like that, but there's also some real downsides. Like, for example, it's very difficult to do something like if I crowdfunded the book, I would want to like give everybody a free copy of the ebook. Well, right. if I go through Amazon, I, I can't do that because That's true. doing it that way, there's like an exclusivity deal and there's different things like that. Uh, and yes. they don't, they don't really make it easy to get a bunch of codes to give to people who helped you fund the book. Like that's just right. not something you have available. So for various reasons, I'm really questioning what the right path forward is for me. Mm. The reason that's kind of an uncomfortable truth is because, you know, when I question what these other options are, it's like I could go with this option that is upfront at least free by doing Amazon. The platform itself doesn't charge you just to put a book on, right? Right. But it doesn't, I don't know if it actually fits what I'm trying to do with this particular project. Hmm. Or I could go with some of these places that you can do publishing through up front, they'll, they'll charge you. They'll charge you sometimes like a couple thousand dollars sort of a thing. Right. Now I'm already looking to crowdfund this book because I don't have the funds to do all of this at once. Sure. But it's a much different ask to put forward a goal of like, hey, I'm trying to publish my first book. Help me raise $1,000, right? Versus going, hey, I'm trying to publish my book. Help me raise like... Four thousand dollars. You know what I'm saying? Or it's, seven, it, or whatever, or however much it ended up being. And there's like, so there's a lot of decisions in that. And I, and it's honestly, I feel kind of stymied. I feel kind of mm. stuck a little bit. So I think, I guess, the core question that this is coming around to is: when you face a crossroads, yes, in your success journey, there's not an easy choice. There's not even necessarily a choice that is is the ideal. Mm -hmm. um, for you, you know, mm -hmm. what are the things that you use to determine, okay, you know, here's two okay, not bad, but okay options. They have ups, upsides and downsides. I mean, obviously there's things like pros and con lists and whatever, but in our model of following meaningful success, of, of doing what matters the most to you and having that impact on the world around you and all these things, how do you face a situation like this? Actually, this is a great case study to to kind of talk through that because we hit these kind of barriers all the time. Yeah. The natural response is to look at what's in front of you, like on the page or the, you, you know, you, you've been out there, you've got a problem you're trying to solve and you're yeah. out there and you're looking on Google or you're out there looking at resources and you're looking at options and you come and you say, okay, I've got these two, these three, these four options. Yeah. And we start getting our blinders where it's the tail wagging the dog. We let the options direct our path. Yeah. And we still may end up with those options, but we need to arrive at the options. We don't need to start at the options. So what we what what I would say, the first thing we have to do is go back to, you know, what is our what is our purpose again? And you know your purpose. So when you mm -hmm. look at your mission and your purpose of what you're writing. Um, of, of writing in general. Yeah. I mean, your purpose is to do what? I mean, if you were to put, 
you know, the one or two key things that are most important to you, those are? Um, I guess I would say to create stories that impact people the way that my favorite stories impact me. And so that, you know, thinking about it at that kind of higher level, like you're saying, you know, it's not that either of these two options would be necessarily in conflict with that, you know? Correct. So there's not a better or worse option in terms of my values or my mission. Okay. So then the next question here, so the, that's the first The first thing is you want to make sure you're in alignment. Yeah. The second piece you want to do is you want to start asking yourself some questions. Almost you kind of ignore the world around you for a moment. Yeah. You get a blank sheet of paper out and said, okay, in the ideal world, if you were to approach this question on how you're going to distribute, how you're going to go forward with, with publishing, describe your ideal scenario. You know, I, it's it's hard to say. Because my ideal is something I'm not even sure if it really exists. It's almost like having a publisher who doesn't actually publish for you. Like you're still self-publishing and whatever, but they're, you know, you have this, you know, sort of group that's behind you that has these resources of helping you, you know, all the things that technically have to happen to make a book happen that go beyond just writing it. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, there's the layout, there's design, there's marketing, there's if, if you're going to have artwork on the cover, if you're going to, you know, there's a million and one different factors. Correct. Really? I guess it would be like if it was Amazon, but Amazon covers the cost of some of this instead of having to crowdfund it like a publisher would. But also there's not the exclusivity thing where I would have to not, you know, publish myself on my website and things. Right. So, so if we were to ask you, okay, Josiah, you know, it's kind of funny that you mentioned you. I just wish that there was a company that did X. Yeah, it's, it sounds like a marketing pitch. Well, no. Oh, and this is our brand new company. Let's announce and, it to you. And this is no, but what I mean is, yeah. In some of our last couple of, of podcasts, one of the things that we mentioned was where does creativity start, and we talked about. Amazon, and we talked about Lyft, and we talked about Uber, and some of these yeah. other businesses who took the germ of something that pre-existed, but put a twist on it creatively. Right. And the reality is, there may be what you're talking about may already exist out in the marketplace. You may not have discovered it yet. Right. That may be one thing. And that's part of the question: is how do you even find it? Well, if it does exist, you know. Correct. And I think that that's where you have to go back to and say, okay, what are the things that I need to achieve? Some of those are related to book quality. Like you mentioned, the editing, the layout, yeah. the, the the design, those, those elements, cover, et cetera, et cetera. Then there's an aspect related to marketing and distribution. Yeah. So you kind of got two different arms of that puzzle. So where you are right now, the first question is, which of those pieces of the puzzle? I know ultimately you need to do both. But right. right now, what is the real issue in front of you? Is it the marketing distribution? Is it the book production piece of that? Or can you divorce those two? It really depends on which option you go with. Because if you're going with the option of, for example, an Amazon, where it doesn't, doesn't really fit what I'm trying to do, but it doesn't require quite as much upfront costs. You know, sure. And they've got distribution handled yes. and to a certain degree, even a little bit of marketing kind of. Well, and they and they do own like 80 percent of the book market. Right. So there's there are incentives and reasons that 
makes sense to go that direction. And in that case, really, the only thing is getting the funds together to pay for the production piece to be able to put something on Amazon to sell. Right. The other way is kind of more complicated because it just adds more steps. So it's like adding more steps for something I feel would possibly fit better, which is kind of the trade-off. The major thing that I understand that is the downside in the Amazon option yeah, is the exclusivity. Is that correct? Yeah, I think because that's you, probably the biggest thing. Because you can't distribute in other formats or to other through other means in that way. Right. Because, because, for example, like I said earlier, I would want to, if I'm crowdfunding this thing, there's people I would want to send copies of the ebook or even the printed book. Mm-hmm. Amazon doesn't really give you that option very easily. You're basically having to outright buy however much each copy costs to have printed and send them yourself instead of they send you a box of books or whatever, like like a publisher would. Correct. You know? I think that part of that process is, again, you you said, how does this fit into this meaningful success model? And I think the first thing we we look at is we look at the mission and and does it align? The answer is yes. The second thing is we look at your vision and your vision is to get those stories out in the market. In fact, right now, your vision for that book is for it to be available in different avenues. Yeah. Then you have to do the trade-offs and you have to look at from the standpoint of, okay, where where are the non-negotiables? And that's, I guess, one of the things that you have to look at next is, are there things that are non-negotiable, that are, this is a must mm-hmm. with the production? Again, to some extent, ignoring what those two options are right now, because you've, you have to kind of make sure that you are aiming at the targets you want to aim at. Before you mentioned this other service that you were using and, and how people publish their their works and they do it much more frequently. And, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that that did not align with the way that you were approaching things and the way that you were writing. Right. So to some extent, that became a non-negotiable because that's not your approach. It, it was a great solution, but not your approach. Yeah. So are there things in this arena that would be equivalent, those non-negotiables? Oh, it's something I'm going to have to think about and reflect on later tonight, maybe. Mm -hmm. Part of the issue is that some of these things do feel very negotiable, but not because I actually want that, because it feels like there's not another option. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I understand. So if if I was to just kind of lay it out, and I was kind of sitting here thinking, you know, if I was to put this in kind of steps that I would would look at these kind of decisions. Yeah. Step one is, is this aligned with my mission and, and my values? Step two is... How does this align with with your vision objectives and those things, what you're trying to do with your writing and how you want to distribute it and those types of things? Yeah. The third thing is to look at, do you have those non-negotiables? That's what we just talked about. The fourth is looking at the options and saying, what would I be giving up? What is the weak point, maybe a way to look at it in option A versus option B. Yeah. And then the the next piece of that is taking that weak point, taking that trade-off, taking that piece that maybe is not an ideal fit and saying, is there a workaround that I can still achieve what I'm trying to do? Let's use, for example, the dynamic with Amazon. Clearly, one of the things that you want to do is to give back to those people who support you in this process, those people who crowdfund, who want to support your, your writing effort. Right. The easiest option would be to share a electronic version, maybe in another format that's easy to distribute, but that would violate the exclusivity 
piece. Right. So in that dynamic, since that is not a possibility, you look and you say, okay, then how can I still provide them with that copy in a way that will work. That's where you have to say, okay, maybe I have to recognize that within each contribution to the crowdfund, X dollars is automatically being not actually going towards the publishing, but going towards the things that you want to share back with those team those team members for their contribution in there. You'd find out what would be that cost to you as that writer, and you'd calculate that in. So rather than that being funds that are available fully for publishing, you recognize, okay, that workaround in this situation is I have to deduct X dollars for those things that I want to share back yeah, and put that into your equation. That probably would mean that you would need more donors to achieve your goal. It would change your dollar target. Yeah. Knowing, for example, like it's a long book, right? It's it's paperback. It's probably going to be like 675 pages or so, somewhere like that. Wow. So the printing cost is relatively high. You know, the printing cost is something like $9 a copy. One thing I was thinking about doing was as a perk in the Kickstarter, you know, saying something like everyone who donates at least this amount, which initially was like 15 bucks. But knowing now that it's like $9 to produce one copy, that's just unfeasible. That doesn't. Correct. That doesn't actually work. That is a possibility for sure. I guess, you know, we can work through the technicals of some of these things. But I guess one question I would ask on your end is, you know, what is an example of a situation like this? You know, you've got one or two or three or however many options that none of them quite fit the way that you want them to. And you've kind of had to use a decision making process like this one Mm -hmm. to come to a conclusion in order to make a decision that best fits, you know, your meaningful success journey? Well, I I guess I'd go back to when I had my previous business. I had a consulting practice and there were some things that I was wanting to do with e-learning courses. Yeah. In that situation, I was actually planning to do that self-production and and put all those things together on, on my own. And actually was approached by a company that actually helps authors and speakers put some things together. And, yeah. I, and I looked at that. And again, it was one of those situations where I had to kind of go back to, to what we were doing. Actually, this company, when they originally contacted me, I thought they were a video production company. That's all they did. Because, mm. because honestly, that's how they presented themselves. Sure. And actually, they reapproached me and they recalled me back later and said, you know, I don't think that we actually were clear on what we actually do. Our, our business is about helping authors and speakers to get their intellectual property out there in the form of courses and things of that nature. Yeah. Because what I was weighing at the time was, first of all, did that align? And the answer is actually it did. In that case, that aligned with both my, my mission and my vision. Now, the first time they called me, it did not. They called me and it was, uh, okay. They're asking me about video production. <laughs> You're a video editor. I didn't need a, a, a separate right, company for, right, for right, that. Right. But when they called and explained what their purpose was, that was a direct fit with what I actually had as a strategic objective that year. So when they clarified that, that actually, first of all, brought alignment. Okay, they're about the direction. But then the next challenge came up. The trade-off for us was there was going to be a major investment, absolutely significant investment for me to move forward with that. Yeah. So I had to I had to weigh and look at that decision and say, okay, did it align with my mission? Yes. Did it align with my vision? Actually, the second time they approached me, it, it clarified that yes, it did. Yeah. So then I had to go from the non-negotiables. Well, one of my non-negotiables was that I had control over the content. Yes, they were going to be involved in helping me. But ultimately, I needed to have the creative license to say, no, 
I don't want this course presented this way. I want this course presented in a different way. Yeah. And that that was a, a little bit of a tug of war initially in the discussions because they wanted me to present things in one way and, and I felt it was important for it to be presented in another way. So for me, a non-negotiable was maintaining the control over those decisions. Yeah. And so that was something there. Then I had to look at what I was giving up. And then that giving up in that case was how did that relate to time and how did that relate to money? And that's where it was interesting because in that capacity, either way, I was going to be putting a lot of work effort. I was going to be putting a lot of, a lot of time. Yeah. However, learning the process of the entire platform of e-learning, filming process, doing right. a studio, right. laying out a course format, all those types of things were things that I had not really done in that way. And so when I looked at what was I giving up, which was a major investment of capital versus what would I be giving up going my other option, which was self-creation, ultimately I decided that that investment did pay out from that perspective. And so the decision was to go ahead and move forward with that company to support me in that process. So again, it was kind of following those same steps. One, did it align with my mission? Two, did it align with my vision? Three, what were the non-negotiables? In my case, the creative license that I needed to maintain. Four, what was I giving up? There was a trade-off of money, yeah, time, the, the and cost. learning. Yeah. Learning um, and stress. <laughs> that was another sure. factor. And then how could I work around those things? And and those workarounds were some of those things that I discussed with them as I was negotiating the contract because there were some things that they wanted and yeah. I wanted otherwise. So those that would be an example I could I guess I could share on that. That's great. So I mean that's encouraging too, because you know, it's it's like you said, these are the kind of decisions that come up on a regular basis. Yes. And and I think the thing with this particular decision, it just feels really big because this is my first book. You know, yeah. and maybe down the down the road, if I'm on book like, you know, 11 or whatever, and I look back and I'm like, oh, you know, that really wasn't that huge of a decision as I thought it was or whatever. Like another piece of this whole thing is understanding the relative importance. And and that's something I'm kind of processing as, as you were talking about this thing. Because at the end of the day, it's what you said, right? As the end of the day, either way, you were going to put a big investment in because you had the intention that you're going to make a course, right? Absolutely. And that's a journey that, you know, we're, we're in one form or another, we've still been on and we're working on right now, like you mm -hmm. talked about at the top of the episode. And one way or another, I'm going to have my first book published. Correct. And that's, I think, the important thing. It's an important reminder to me to, to keep in mind during this decision-making process, because I'm not, I don't know that there's necessarily a wrong, bad choice. It's just... It feels stressful just because I don't know how to get what I actually want. But at the Correct. end of the day, at the end of the day, I'm going to have my first book published. Like I'm on track to have that happen in the next few months kind of thing. So yeah. Yeah. Well, that's great. Absolutely. Well, um, Josiah, talk to me a little bit about your weekly favorite. Only a little? Only a little. Oh, it's the weekly favorite. Well, my weekly favorite is a game I've been playing the last couple of weeks um, called Omori. It's a pixel uh, art RPG that has this, uh, it's just really, really cute. For those who who have uh, some knowledge about like the gaming world, like it's 
kind of got that earthbound sort of a vibe, uh, sort of an old school game. And it's got a really incredible story and great characters and all this stuff. And it's just really wonderful. It's one of those games where you play it and it's like, oh, this is one of my new all time favorites kind of thing really great story that actually like brought me to tears the other day Ooh. like because it uh was talking about some stuff i was already going through yeah um and so anyway it's just it, it's been really great and i'm really enjoying it that's my weekly favorite so you're gonna play samori amori yes <laughs> I remember you shared with me a story uh, game in the past. Uh, this was way back in 2016, I believe, that had a really good storyline. That was The Last of Us. Yeah. And now it's on a movie form on like Netflix or somewhere. Yeah, it's it's like a TV show now. I haven't I haven't watched it yet. Um, well, mine is video game related too. My really? weekly favorite is sort of video game related. I'm watching the the TV show Halo. And uh, oh yeah, it's kind of a takeoff now. Now your brother Peter is not too thrilled with it because they're taking extreme license with the with the Halo story. He says it's not really even the characters are a little bit different than uh, yeah they were in the game. But um, but it's been good. I'm enjoying it. You've been enjoying it, yeah. Are you? Is it? Have you finished it? I finished the season, and so there. I think unless they're releasing more, I think. I'm done for the season. They're going to have to do another season. So. All right. So until next week, everyone, thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you want to ask us a question or suggest a topic for a future episode, you can do so through our digital voicemail on speakpipe.com slash MSP. You can support the podcast financially at patreon.com slash meaningful success podcast. And uh, you can also send uh, flowers uh, to whoever you want. <laughs> And say they're from us. Just put on there, you know, sent to you, you know, by the Meaningful Success podcast and put a link to, you know, the Apple playlist or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. That's very selfless of people. Yeah, you know, help us advertise and brighten up someone's day with a little bit yeah. of greenery. So thank you for listening once again. We'll talk to you next week. Uh, bye. See ya. The Meaningful Success Podcast is brought to you by Josiah Clark and Wade Clark. Uh, music is good. <laughs> music is Brings Back the Feeling by Daniel Gunnarsson, licensed through Epidemic, Epidemic Sound. Sound. Uh, thank you for listening. Dad, any last words of wisdom? Uh, have a great day. Very wise. Uh,